Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Just some fun bonus information, uh, because a surprising number of you have asked me about this. Uh, I am doing a fasting week coming up, the week leading up to Easter, Monday through Friday. It's like the January one, although that's the church one. This is just for me and for fun. But if you were like, hey, I want breakthrough in my life, and I, I, I want to be fasting as well, and you were thinking of something like that, um, just let me know. Send me an email, brian at rehope.co.uk, and, and uh, we can have fun together. All right, so that's, uh, that's coming up. I'm looking forward to that. Let me start off by blessing you this evening, this beautiful, the one, Sunday, the one sunny-ish evening in, in the spring here. I bless you now in the name of Jesus, that you would know Jesus more wonderfully tonight. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need, whatever help from God you need immediately. I bless you to have the resilience and capacity to flourish and prevail over every challenge that you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace whatever's going on. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. All right, friends, tonight we come to the most misunderstood of the verses in the passage that we are looking at. We have been in a study now in Ephesians chapter 6, specifically verses 10 through 20, looking at the full armor of God. The reason why we're doing this is because I don't want the enemy to keep blowing up your life. I don't want the enemy to blow up your life. I want you to be alert to what's going on and ready to take your stand. So we talked about the first week about how the enemy is real. Satan is real and the hosts, the the demonic hosts of hell are real and they are trying to blow up our lives any way they possibly can. And so because of that, we are called to be strengthened in the Lord and by his vast strength so that we can stand with the full armor of God on, with the full armor of God. A couple weeks ago then, we talked about truth. The first thing uh, in, in the list that Paul talks about is having truth buckled around our waist. And we talked about the enemy is a liar. And we stand against the lies of the enemy by going back to the simple, simple, wonderful, glorious truths about God. And we start our stand with truth. And then we talked about righteousness, to continue to stand with righteousness, like armor on our chest. And we talked about how the enemy is an accuser. And he accuses you day and night before the throne room of God and to your own spirit and heart. He's just yelling at you about your, saying you're worthless and you made mistakes. And so why would God, and, and, and we, we, we resist the attacks of the accuser with righteousness. 
Today we're going to talk about the third piece of armor that will help us stand in the evil day. And I think this is one of, I mean, all of these are super strategic, but this one is essential. And I want to remind you, you don't just choose some armor to wear. You need them all. You need to wear all of the armor of God so that you can stand in the evil day. And what is the armor that we're going to talk about today? We're going to be talking about readiness that comes from the gospel of peace talking about the gospel of peace today. Let me read the passage again for us in Ephesians chapter 6 to remind us of where we've been and and where we're going today. It says this in Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the evil day, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, I said this is the most misunderstood of the verses in this passage here because there's a way that you want to read this and you kind of tend to try and read it with a certain slant. Uh, we, We tend to want to read this like evangelism. Be ready to tell people about the gospel. Of peace and and you know there's other verses that are uh, leaning that way like first Peter uh, 3 15 always be ready always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you about the hope that's within you like we've got those verses and so we we think about this as oh be ready with the gospel of peace but remember the context is about you being able to stand in the evil day when the enemy is coming how to prepare yourself so that you don't get your life blown up when the enemy is is coming against you that's the context and so we put on truth we put on righteousness and we take our stand in readiness against the attacks of the enemy with the gospel of peace with peace now i'll tell you straight out it is Nearly impossible. I want to say impossible, but I, I, I don't want to go that far. It's nearly impossible for the enemy to blow up your life if you are ready and firmly standing in peace, real peace rooted in the gospel. It's nearly impossible for the the enemy to shake you if you are rooted in in peace, if you're anchored in the gospel, and you're you're feeling and exuding, and you're sitting in in peace. Today we're going to talk about how to stand against the fear and the worries and the anxieties that that the enemy is trying to bombard us with, and and how to stand strong in peace, in peace rooted in the gospel. I want to say something irritating. 
Peace is always 100% how you feel when you are 100% believing the gospel for your moment and for your challenges. When you are 100% believing the gospel, you are feeling peace. Irritating. Irritating. What's the gospel? What's the gospel? It's, it's all the God stuff. It's all the great God stuff in the Bible. It's the good news about God, how God is real, how he made you, how he made you special and unique, how, how you are cherished of him. You, you are, you are um, someone who is loved and known and seen and heard. You are a, a child of God. It, the gospel is all this good God stuff, and the gospel is all about this great Jesus stuff where, where uh, Jesus was born, and yet he was betrayed, and he was put to death on a Roman cross. But on the third day, God raised him from the dead, and what we learn about the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus is in that God opened up God to you. God opened up, Jesus opened up God to you so that you can have a good, healthy relationship with, with God Almighty. And that comes with salvation, and that comes with the forgiveness of sins, it comes with the Holy Spirit, and it comes with peace between you and God. A peaceful connection between you and God, the God who loves you. We anchor our perspective on life on the fact that God is real. Jesus has done all these things. We are given the Holy Spirit. We are cared for by God. We, we anchor, anchor peace, not just in, ooh, I want to feel peace, but in solid truth of the gospel. The gospel is the good news about Jesus, which is an anchor point for peace as you believe it in everyday life, in your everyday situations. The enemy wants you to have zero peace. The enemy wants you to have zero peace. He wants, to be, he wants you to be saturated with fear and worries and, and anxieties. Jesus wants you to trust him. Jesus wants you to, to trust him and as a result, have a peace that guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus from the attacks of the enemy. Uh, it, as a result, you have a peace that surpasses understanding, that doesn't fit the context because you are rooted in, in Jesus and you're trusting Jesus for your life, for his provision for you, for whatever challenges you're facing right now. The enemy doesn't want you to trust Jesus. He wants you to say, don't trust God. You can't trust him. He wants to blow up your life. The enemy wants to blow up your life with fear and worry and anxiety. But we're called to stand in readiness against that attack. Anchored in the gospel of peace. I was in Edinburgh just over a week ago. Feels a little bit like a betrayal. Uh, but, I, but I was there, and I was there for a conference. I heard this woman speak. Her name is Amy Orr Ewing. Ewing. Amy Orr Ewing. Fantastic. 
fantastic. It, it was great. The, the topic that she was teaching on about a week and a half ago was, was about the next generation, Gen Z, and how the gospel uh, fits perfectly in, in so many powerful ways with Gen Z in a, in a unique way that's different from millennials and, and previous, previous generations. She was also talking about how Gen Z has been bombarded by several worldwide shaping things, shaping impacts that, that when I'm listening to her, I'm like, oh yeah, that's how the enemy is trying to rob the next generation of any hope of peace. The enemy is setting the stage for Gen Z to try and keep them from having peace. And how has he done that? Well, he's, he's done that by, by three big things. Number one, worldwide trauma. Number two, worldwide anger. And number three, worldwide anxieties. Very huge shaping things in this generation. I mean, these last few um, these years have been particularly traumatic for, for everyone on planet Earth, but very shaping for, for Gen Z. I mean, you talk about, I don't want to trigger people, but there was COVID and lockdowns and, 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 and just lots of, it, it, was, it was awful. The, the enemy at, was just at work, and people have come out of this season, many people coming out of it traumatized. Traumatized. Now, someone might say, Brian, what you're about to say is four years too late. And I would say, I was saying this back then as well to an empty room, streaming only. But we could have navigated these last four years without picking up trauma if we were to stand strong against the global attack of the enemy, ready with the gospel of peace. Jesus says in John 14, one of my favorite verses, Jesus says in John 14, don't let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled, people. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, says Jesus. This is capturing it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, the gospel of peace. Don't let your... Now, again, like, I, the context of those, those verses were for heaven. Like, God, Jesus is saying, like, look, heaven is real. Don't worry about it. If it wasn't true, I would tell you. Those, those, but those aren't just true words for eternity. Those are great words that I apply for my everyday life. Brian, do not let... Your heart be troubled. Very often I will put my hand on my chest and I will say, be calm. Be calm. Don't let it get to you. Do not let, Brian, do not let your heart be troubled. Okay, heart, no. Don't be troubled here. And, and I wage war so that I win the war of my mind and my heart against worries and anxieties that, that are coming against me. I was in pre-service prayer this morning at the south side, and, and, and I had this, again, this passage came to mind while we were praying. It was Jesus. He's in the boat. There's a massive storm going on, and Jesus stands up in the boat, and he says, quiet, be still. 
And the storm was calmed. I'm like, yeah. That's like what he does into my heart as well. That's what he can do in our hearts as well. Jesus, make that grand declaration, and I speak it with you. Quiet. Be still. Be still. It's just part of trusting Jesus, believing in Jesus. This is the kind of ways that we avoid picking up trauma. And so the world might be terrified of, of COVID or the world might be terrified and annoyed by the, by the economic stuff going on here. But I trust the gospel, which says God is real. God provides. God is with me. God heals. God is good. God's paying attention. I'm good. I don't need to let my heart be troubled. And when I believe that, all the way through, I get peace. I get peace, like real peace. And I understand that Christians weren't ready necessarily to stand in that evil day. And many of them did get blown up with, with uh, trauma and, and are living with its effects. And, and, and the good news is, is that God heals trauma. God heals wounds. God heals We'll talk more about that in a moment. But uh, so there's worldwide trauma affecting, well, like the world, including and really especially Gen Z, but, but everybody. The other thing that she talked about was worldwide anger. Worldwide anger. The enemy is trying to rob the world of any hope of peace by inflaming People with anger. You've probably seen and felt the anger that is flying everywhere on planet Earth this way. This generation is angry. This generation is angry. It sees the injustice and it's enraged. It, it, sees, the, it sees just the climate stuff. It sees the, the, the race stuff. It sees the gender stuff. It, it, it is, is enra- it's impossible not to see the anger that's, that's going on in this next generation and, and to hear it and to feel it and even be a little bit intimidated by it, right? There, there's just so much out there. There is a, a peace-robbing anger everywhere going on right now. Maybe, maybe you're full of anger. Maybe you're full of anger for some of those topics or just you just find yourself angry all the time because of different things going on in your life or, or whatever's happened. The enemy is trying to rob the world of peace. But you can stand against that attack by standing in the gospel, by applying the Bible, by living out the way of Jesus. The fact is, I mean, things are really, really wrong. Things are really, really messed up. And finally, praise God, there's a generation who says, this is awful. We're not okay with this. Amazing, fantastic. Praise God for this generation. Praise God for this generation who sees this and is like, this is not to continue. What, what, a, what a powerful generation, a generation that's saying no more, no more. We're not going to tolerate this, this anymore. There's so much anger, and it feels so right to be angry, and it feels so wrong to not be angry. But I need to say, friends, you cannot be consumed with anger and peace. You cannot be consumed with anger and peace. 
And so we need to ask ourselves, what is the way of Jesus in a mess like this? What is the way of Jesus in, in an awful moment like this, in a world full of injustices, in a world full of evil, in a, in a world full of... What's the right response? What is the Jesus way in this moment? Is it anger? Is it retaliation? Well, what is the way of Jesus? And again, this might be the hardest thing for this generation to hear. They, 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 the, the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of peace, peace says very clearly... We are to bring the injustice before God Almighty and let him take it. Romans 12, 19 says this. Do not avenge yourselves. Do not avenge yourself. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. Let me tell you some of the greatest news about the gospel that this next generation finally cherishes. God judges. God judges with wrath, like real wrath. God judges, God punishes, God pours out wrath against those who are uh, ungodly, those who are doing evil, those who are perpetuating injustices. God hates injustice and he will not let it go past. Finally, a generation who is like, yes, we love this about God. The previous generations, like the, the boomers and the Gen X, the only normal generation, and then the millennials, you know, they're... they're they're, they're kind of like, oh, let's just, God, this, you know, this, this Old Testament God thing, let's, work, let's just sweep it away, let's not talk about this. There is no Old Testament God thing. There is God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And finally, we have a generation that's not trying to sweep this aspect of God under the, the carpet or off to the side. They're willing to bring it out in front and be like, we love this about God. He is just and he's not okay. And he does stuff about it, not just in eternity, but in the now. And he, brings, and he brings to account those who do evil. Wow, finally a generation who gets it. I love that. I love that. He judges if you get out of the way and let him. Remember what that passage said up above? You... Don't avenge yourself. Leave room for God's wrath. Like, as if, if you do it, then you're not leaving room for him to pour out his wrath. And what you really want is God to pour out his, his wrath. You don't, let, you don't do it yourself. You let God do that. And this generation is like, what? N no. That, that just seems, that seems wrong. That seems wrong. What is the way of Jesus for this generation? To bring the injustices before God, to let him do it, and for you, you walk the way of Jesus, you walk the path of peace, and you do not avenge. We are called by Jesus to forgive everyone, everything, 
every time we are called by Jesus to love our enemies and do good to those who hurt us. That's the way of Jesus, which can see, seem entirely at angst with, with our hearts and our souls in this moment. And the only way it works is if God is how the Bible says he is. Can you really trust God with all this? Can you really say, God, I hand you this awfulness, this injustice that I've experienced or that I feel or that, I, that I'm tormented by, and I will walk your path of forgiveness and peace, loving my enemies and trusting you with it? Wow. The enemy wants to blow up your life by flooding you with anger for true, awful things. But Jesus says, Forgive them, I will take care of it. Trust me. Embracing the gospel means trusting God with all these things. So there's a worldwide trauma, there is worldwide anger, and there's worldwide anxieties. Worldwide anxieties. Any good Christian out there who knows their Bible pretty well has a love-hate relationship with Jesus' teaching on worry. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches on worry, and Christians are like, I love this, so annoying. This is what we read in Matthew 6, 25. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear, isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Yes. Yes, you are. Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And, and why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? Yes, he will. So don't worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles, those who don't believe in God, who don't trust God, eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Irritating. 
irritating because this captures so much the real feelings, the real wars that are going on in our, in our hearts and our minds towards worrying about reasonable things. Will I have food? Will I be clothed? Like, like very basic things. And, and the enemy is like, let's, let's worry. The enemy's mantra is, let's get stressed. Let's freak out. Let's panic or something like that. Let's overthink everything. That's the enemy's mantra. And Jesus is like, you can trust me with everything. With everything. You can trust me. You can trust me with every single thing that you're worried about from the most basic, simple, simple things to the most complex things, the things that you can't figure out and the things that are just on your mind. You can trust Jesus with everything. You can bring those things to Jesus and say, Jesus, here we go. I'm going to trust you with, with these things. The enemy is like, no, you can't trust Jesus. That's ridiculous. You take care of you. You stress about you for a while. Um, but Jesus is like, no, you can trust me. The enemy wants to blow up your life and keep you stressed and keep you freaking out. But Jesus says, trust me. All right, so in Ephesians 6 here, Paul is like, there's a real enemy. He's trying to blow up your life. There's a real war going on. You need to put on all of the armor. The full armor of God, not just some of the pieces, all the pieces so that you can stand in the evil day. You put on truth. You put on righteousness, and you root your feet firmly in peace anchored in the gospel. Peace that comes from the gospel. Not just peace, but peace from the gospel. You, you get yourself in readiness in the gospel of peace. If you're worried or anxious or angry... The enemy's messing with you. The enemy's messing with you, and you're not effectively standing strong because you're not effectively handing things over to Jesus. You can have peace from the traumas that you've been through because there's healing in Jesus. You can have peace from the angers that you're feeling, all the anger that you're feeling. As you choose to hand justice and judgment over to Jesus, as you hand the situation over to Jesus and trust him with it, you can have peace. You can, you can have peace from all your anxieties as you cast your anxieties on him. As you give, because he cares for you. And pick up Jesus' peace in return. We're going to do a little exercise here. Don't worry, it's not that kind of exercise. We're going to stay seated. Uh, you're going to stay seated. And what we're, what we're going to do is, this is something I do all of the time. All of the time. I mean, I'll tell you what we're going to do, and then we'll do it. Uh, we're going to close our eyes. I'm going to have you picture Jesus, and I'm going to have you hand things to Jesus with no givebacks and ask the Spirit to fill you with peace. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, sort of a thing. So let's try this. Let's try this together. Um, go ahead and close your eyes, and I want you to imagine Jesus, however you want to do that. Maybe, maybe he's on a throne. Maybe he's in a field. Maybe he is with you right in front of you. Maybe he's on the cross. Sometimes it takes me a moment, so I'll give you a second. Just to picture Jesus and get that image clearly in your mind. You can even ask God to help you right now. God, help me picture this. 
And then we'll start with traumas. Any trauma that you feel like has, has attached itself to you, take it out. I, very often I just grab it out of my heart and I, and I, and I give it to Jesus. I say, trauma in the name of Jesus, get out. Trauma in the name of Jesus, get out. And I just start pulling it out. Sometimes it just feels like a long rope, almost never ending. And I just am pulling it out of my heart and I'm giving it to Jesus. I'm like, trauma, get out of me in the name of Jesus. And instead, Spirit of God, come and fill me with life and joy and peace and hope and goodness. Holy Spirit, come. Trauma out in the name of Jesus. Take it out and you hand it to Jesus. And leave it there. Leave it there. And then with anger. You take that anger. Take that anger out of your, your chest and you just pull it out and you hand it to Jesus. Anger, come out in the name of Jesus. Anger, come out in the name of Jesus. And you take that anger out and you place it at the feet of Jesus or you hand it to Jesus. Anger out. I will trust you with this. I choose to trust you with this. You can be trusted with this. Anger out in the name of Jesus. And instead, Holy Spirit, come and fill me with life and joy and peace. And then there's the anxieties, there's the worries, and you take those out. You say, anxieties, get out of me in the name of Jesus. Worries, come out in the name of Jesus. And you hand them to Jesus, you know what your worries are, what your anxieties have been. You're like, I hand this to you, Jesus, take care of this. I trust you with this, and I'm ta- and worry come out in the name of Jesus, and instead, peace, 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 peace. Come. And in this time, you, you make those declarations. Jesus, I will trust you. Jesus, I will trust you. With these things. I do this all the time. And the challenge for us this week is, is basically to do this. Like to, to think this through. The, the challenge is to continue to practice handing your trauma. Or your, your anger. Or your uh, anxieties to Jesus. Just like what we practice there. But you can do a longer time. You can. I mean I use emotions. I'm like I'm pulling rubbish out of my chest and handing it to Jesus uh, just full on all the time. You, you can keep practicing that yourself and asking the Holy Spirit to come and fill you with peace. I don't want the enemy to blow up your life anymore. It is so easy to get our lives blown up if we have no peace. If we're not anchored in peace. Conversely, it's nearly impossible for the enemy to blow up our lives if we are anchored in trusting Jesus, trusting the gospel, and standing firm in in peace. Wonderful peace. Let me pray for us. God, what a joy that you have 
revealed yourself, your goodness, your gospel, that you've put it in writing, you've preserved it through the ages. I praise you for your Bible. Thank you for the anchor it provides us when it comes to knowing who you are, what you're like, and knowing how entirely trustworthy you are for all circumstances, all challenges, all pains, all situations. God, we, we trust you. And, and I ask, God, that you would flood us all with the peace that surpasses all understanding that it would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen.